Hi, hello, hello, hi, and welcome to all our hearts and minds. Thank you again for tuning in. We're here to discuss all things that have been on our hearts and minds. The good, the bad, the concerning, and uplifting, or just straight talk. We're your hosts, keeping our passionate heart. Yeah, I am. And me, Jeanette, our mind and chronic overthinker. Let's get into it. Yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. we're back. We're back for a new episode this week. Last week, um, you know, we had some obligations. Mm-hmm. It was Father's Day. I had a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just had a conflict. But listeners, trust and believe that we're always trying to push to make sure we have an episode every week for you, no matter what. Um, and you so know, we're, we're back trying, with a new one. Trying. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep it nice and fun for y'all. First of all, we're just going to check in, you know, last week. Well, just like, so what happened last week? How was your father's day? So what did you do? Yeah, well, <laughs> my father was actually in St. Lucia with my mom. Um, they were coming back on Father's Day. So unfortunately, I didn't get to spend time with him. But we're going to do something tomorrow. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, um, but overall, it was a good Father's Day, you know, celebrated my husband and um, yes, his yep. his brother and his father on Father's Day, and it really is nice to actually celebrate a Black man as mm-hmm. a father. It's yes. something <clears throat> to really, you know, behold. But yeah, overall, my whole week, Father's Day included, was pretty good. Um, don't really have much to complain about. Um I had a little bit of back pain. I don't know what kind of bandulu business I was sleeping no. in the night, Bridget. Oh, but no. Baka hurt me. <laughs> okay. It hurt me. So, you know, I had to stretch it out and I had to try to make it on into work. And it was one of those days that I was going into the office. So I had to drop Faith off and go to work. And Baka hurt me, Bridget. And so... You know, I had some Advils and, you know, stretching and A535, which is my best friend right now. And yeah, but overall, I'm still alive and well. I was still, even with the the back pain, I was still able to get out and go for a walk uh, with the family. Uh, We try to do, you know, a little walk after dinner and just, you know. Enjoy the nice, nice weather and everything. Yeah, it was pretty decent last week, so... You know, I can't complain, but um, uh, overall, it was a good, it was uh, outside of the back pain and the A535, outside of that, it was pretty good. How about okay. you, girl? How was your week? How was it? Wh- oh, yes. And, and where you went? How was that? Okay. Yeah. So I had a, last weekend, we uh, we did, Father's Day was pretty tame because I had a wedding on the Saturday and I literally... I just couldn't muster up a lot of energy and we didn't plan anything ahead. Like my mom, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. hard sometimes. And yeah, my, dad's, my dad's not fussy. Um, but it's, you know, it's always nice to do something, but if you don't plan ahead on mother's day and father's day, it's really hard to get like a nice little place to go to or, it's or true. whatever. It's so true. I always actually like to do the barbecue thing, but our barbecue is still in the garage and they need to mm-hmm. figure out how they're going to move it out from there. Um, <laughs> And then on the Saturday, I, uh, yeah, I went to a friend of a good wedding, uh, a friend of mine, a close friend of mine. It's, it's one of those, it's, you know, one of those friends I don't see. I definitely, uh, don't talk to every day or especially with the pandemic. There's a, there's a lot of, um, time where we, we didn't catch up for a while, but, um, 
something we always said is that we would go to each other's weddings. And um, so she invited me, a friend from university. I know her from high school, but really got to know her in university. She got married and she got married to her university sweetheart. So Can it was you a, beautiful, imagine? a beautiful story, a very beautiful story to see that come to life and, and hear how they found each other. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm happy that they decided to to make the commitment, regardless of distance, regardless of everything. There's a reason why you found each other again, and I'm glad to see how they've decided to hold tight to that and that relationship. Mm-hmm. It was just nice to see. Uh, I saw a couple people that I went to university with, and it brought a lot of memories. So we're going to talk about a little bit of that in our workout. But mm-hmm. it, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Love is a beautiful thing, and it's always a nice reminder to to see and and if there's any theme that I got in the past couple of years from the weddings that I went to especially knowing you and mm-hmm. this wedding and another extended family wedding I'm going to next month is hold true to you see what I'm saying that relationship or that person if there is a reason why you know you say whether you were with them a long time or not but there's a reason why you decided that um, this is a person for me or this is a person I could marry. And mm-hmm. no matter the back and forth, I think if you remain true to the fact of what you guys are together versus what you are apart and you see the power in that, mm-hmm. then you should make sure you fight tooth and nail to keep that because there's always going to be so many external factors. And I mean, oh, maybe so you many. Know yeah. more than me, but just as a human being, we know we've seen... Um, lots of trials and tribulation mash up a relationship. If you're not strong in that relationship or strong in your faith in God and keeping that relationship, in, right? In God overseeing mm-hmm. you in that relationship, mm-hmm. then a lot of things can happen to to you know dismantle or or dismantle you from the person that probably would have been the best partner for you, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is, I, I would say that's the story I got out of it, and I was very happy to see my friend and her family um, rejoice. Yes, and big them up, yeah. Congratulations. I know her as well uh, from mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. Got to know her. Well, I knew, I knew, I knew her pretty well in high school, and because uh, we were on the basketball team at one point together, and yeah. so... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, got to know her and she's an awesome girl, like awesome, awesome woman. And I'm really happy for her. And one thing I must say about love is that no matter what, God has someone in store for all of us. You understand? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. even though they parted ways, they made it back together. Like they made it back to each other, which is, which is awesome. When you told me I was like, what? Say word. Because <laughs> I remember him. I remember him. And, you know, um, people drift away. You know, things change. Life changes. And so <clears throat> I'm so happy that they made their way back to each other. And they're, you know, standing, like you said, hold true to your love. And it's yeah. so nice to see that. So nice yes. to see that. Yeah. So that was my week. And, um yeah, so we'll move into headlines, and um, so we're kind of, this show, we kind of want to have this be a a, a, a shoot the shit, a kind of iry, a kind of lime and vibe kind of thing, where we're going to keep it loose, we're still going to give you mm-hmm. our topics and our headlines, but we're going to keep it loose and easy for y'all, and yeah. so... 
um, I had a fun story that I came across um, in the week that I was like, mm-hmm. you know, we've spoken about, you know, real estate in Toronto and you're on your, you know, during your journey and mm-hmm. finding a place for, yeah. you know, after you're married, getting married and just having a permanent spot for a while. And uh, now if there's anything you guys remember about the episode, Toronto, where we res- reside, yep. it is very competitive. The real estate market is competitive if you ask very very competitive whether you're and you know it's not just buying buying is always a challenge especially we see we hear all the melon what the millennials are saying it is difficult to own in a city like this where there's a lot of wealth and and stuff like that and a lot of people not you know maybe with a certain uh household income and so right I came across a headline uh, this week that was like, this is to tell you all where things stand in the city where of Toronto. Where we're at up in this piece, B. So if, you're thinking about coming to, if you're thinking about coming to Toronto, uh, <laughs> plan your finances. Just plan your finances. So That's here, all I got to tell you. So, the, so there is an, uh, a landlord in Ontario, and uh, the city, in, in, is, to be exact, is Ajax. It's a small... Um, it's a small little town in the in the east side of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And this lord, this landlord, had the nerve to post on a, one of those rental sites, offering a bedroom, a bed, a bedroom with one bed to Did share with Did a stranger for five hundred and fifty a month. And this is not, listen, Ajax is suburb suburbs. It's not even, like, it's deep suburbs. It's like, you need to go on a 35, 40-minute above-ground train ride to get into the city. Thank you. That's the fastest way you'll get into the city. If you drive, that's a whole nother Oh, don't even, don't even do so it. Let's, don't but even let's do assume it. for driving so listeners get the context. This is a minimum one-hour drive in traffic to get to work. Minimum. That's being generous. So you're gonna pay five fifty to sleep in a bed, one bed with a one person Must you never be met. Mad. This should be on a. I am sorry. You either rent a couple or some siblings. You don't. You have the nerve to post this, but that's to tell you how bad things that's are. How the, and you know what the joke is? Is that before week is done, it will be rented. That's the joke. Is that it will be rented and it will be rented to to soon. Um, Ooh, it's a real, sad. it's a real, yeah, it is, it is sad, but there, it's like that or the street. <laughs> like at this well, point, a lot of people are having hardship, mm-hmm. and the price of rent is, you know, anywhere, not even owning. Let's just put that on the back burner for a sec. Even to just rent, well, it's yeah, it's extremely a competitive. It's high. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. And 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 the saddest part about it is that it's steadily climbing, and it doesn't matter where you go, if whether you are in a you know you choose to go with a private or a public, you know, um, renter. I must, I must you're gonna say, have the same issue. You will. You will I have must, the same issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless, um, I must say the house is very beautiful. It is not a a dingy like sometimes you see these postings. But the principle alone is very unconscionable. Listen, I'm not sleeping um, no room with people I don't know. Not only that, for that type of money, I should have more than just a bed. Like even for five hundred dollars, like five hundred and fifty dollars, I should have more than just a bed. 
this is not new, but I think normally what I've seen that makes it a little bit less um, insulting is that they might have a per- they'll at least have two separate beds and they'll at least have some type of like privacy screen, even though it's one of those cheap like uh, partition screens, something so you have some semblance of privacy if you need it. You won't ever, if you're sharing a room with somebody, um, you'll never have privacy. And that's why I always wish that when people do that, you kind of do it as a two front. Because there are lots of people, obviously they cater to um, students, usually international students. Or maybe you just have people new to the country and they need to get on their feet until they figure things out. So whether it's a couple or siblings or something. But I think this is like absolutely insulting. And I clicked on the the Kijiji ad in the article. And that, of course, that post is gone because I'm sure there is a whole outrage happening um, with with our... Yeah. I, who knows? The thing is, Jeanette, is that people are starting to get desperate. Right? But for Ajax, not. I think if it was in Toronto, it would get ready, maybe. Yeah, I could understand Ajax, that. But it's the yeah, amount. Man, Ajax, it's the, the it's the it's the amount, right? Because that's unheard of. Like right now, even for a bed is unheard of. Like no. five hundred dollars. I don't agree with it. I think that there has to be some sort of zoning law that's against all of that to have more than one occup- uh, occupant in a room. But um, especially if you're going to be renting it, I think there might be some laws against that. But see, people are being taken advantage of. People are being taken advantage of because, you know, um, that might be all they're getting. You know, they might be on, like you said, an immigrant or, you know, their minimum wage or they just because you can't. It's really hard over here in these streets. It's really hard in Toronto and outside areas to get along and to, you know, just have a regular schmegular life. Like you're not bawling out of control over here. You're just having, you just need a roof over your head. You know, um, I think the person, whoever's renting it though, is really something else, man. They're really something else to even, because you have to think of mental health nowadays and people not always being right. And you're going to go sleep down in a bed beside in one nasa no fam that can't work that 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 no that could be really dangerous as a matter of fact you don't know who you're you're sleeping beside you know um but i guess you do what you gotta do (sighs) when you told me that i was like what the the gall how dare you how dare you it's so obnoxious (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's what's going on. That was an interesting story. I hope that they got shamed into taking that post down. Um. Or at the very least, I'm sorry. You shouldn't pay anybody. Nobody should pay more than two fifty for that type of situation. No. Um. Next story is another good positive story. Is a positive story coming out of Ottawa, and it's about a young woman. I believe she's she is twelve years old. Her name is Anthea Grace, Anthea Grace, Patricia Dennis. That's an intense name for a very brilliant girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she completed her biomedical science degree. Wow. And she's graduating from uh, university. And I'm wow. trying to confirm the, I think it's the University of Ottawa, I believe, where she completed her degree. So obviously a brilliant young lady, a child prodigy. Mm-hmm. Um, to graduate at the age of 
12 years old. Wow. So her uh, quote, she after receiving her biomedical degree, is that um, she's very happy for herself and that she's proud of getting to this point, despite all the hurdles and blocks there have been for a person like her. And I guess that comment has to do with, to me, she looks, um, she could be biracial or black, but she definitely looks like um, she's, you know, regardless, she's of black ancestry. Mm-hmm. And it's impressive regardless, but it's even that more impressive, as she said, obstacles that might have been in her way of, uh, you know, prejudice and discrimi- discrimination that's natural well, especially I think ageism mostly i think a lot of people might not take her seriously because she's so young and a lot of these professors they a lot of these professors think very mm. very very highly of themselves so maybe she had some struggles during her career but either way kudos to you girl mm. yes put canada depth on the map we have pure yeah. genius over here so. I, i've seen this on a lot of articles uh and, and uh, pages, even from the U.S. In- social pages, Instagram pages, that call this out. Usually, you know, these are pages I follow for inspiration for Black excellence, um, which we've talked about here uh, on, on our podcast. We always want to make sure we're highlighting that. And so one of the highlights before we move on for Anthea is that she finished uh, her paper, a 40-page thesis Jeez. on relationship between handedness, minimal, I don't know what that means, <laughs> and functional <laughs> activity in the cerebellum, the part of the brain oh. responsible for create, coordinating balance and movement. So I guess they did explain to that to me. Wow. So we're going to be looking out for this name. Her name is yes. Anthea, Anthea Grace. You and never know, she could find the cure to something. She could something. find the cure to something. Listen, yep. this brilliance is going to manifest in a lot of... Mm, impressive ways so we'll keep a watch out on this young lady's life and career i just hope now she knows she can enjoy maybe this is her passion and her joy but i still want her to uh hopefully she's enjoying her childhood as well yeah um Mm -hmm. yes so congrats to this young lady yes and we will move on into the story i don't know if we talked about this maybe not on our episode but about the young NBA uh, superstar, Ja Morant, who mm-hmm. got in trouble a month or two ago for branding a, a gun firearm in his social media and Instagram. And the first time a lot of people were disappointed because he's like a, he's like the new up and coming star, not just for the team he's on, which is the Timberwolves, but also just NBA, he's NBA's new young darling. So, you know, there's a lot of younger NBA, like NBA stars. The main one, we know who the brand is for the NBA mm-hmm. is LeBron. It's LeBron. Mm-hmm. And LeBron is probably going to repri- retire in the next year or two. So this is a new guy, I believe, based on what I've seen. And here, John Morant is that is that guy. He is him as far as the con- NBA is concerned. Mm-hmm. So two times but he got caught. But he's also caught. a fool, too. And so um, in March, he was suspended for eight games because he showed a gun uh, firearm in, in a, a Denver area strip club. And then not even just two months later, the man didn't even let half a year, six months go by. Just two months later, he was posing again with his firearm in a car on somebody's social media story. And I don't care if your friend or who, what, where and why. Nobody, if your friends are real friends, 
you, when you guys are doing like all this fuckboy shit, sorry mm-hmm. to be vulgar, but it's just fuckboy shit straight up. Um, why is your camera out? Like everybody knows, like you know, as young stars, young black men, black American men, rappers, athletes, you know, the feds have been watching your soul. Like social media is the biggest thing getting these celebrities, and yet nobody learns. And so um, the big anticipation was uh, during the playoffs, NBA playoffs, everybody was waiting um, for Adam Silver. I believe his name's Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner. Yeah, that's him. He put out a statement saying, yes, we're deciding on its punishment and we'll announce after the finals, which I'm glad they decided to wait. And so it came out. I'm to be honest, I was like worried for him. I don't mm. know if I don't think the way things were going, I don't think they were gonna kick him out of the NBA. But I just felt like the penalty would be intense. Yeah, they so gave him a, like I told you, they gave him a side eye. They gave him a yeah. side eye. So it was a twenty-five the- game uh, suspension. Uh, that's what it is equating to, and I'm assuming because he's suspended for those twenty-five games, he's not going to get the salary of you know whatever if you break down his annual i think i was looking it up he makes over 60 his salary is supposed to be over 60 million a year and then if you break that per game then you can kind of do some math but when i did the math i was like that is a slap on the wrist that's a slap on the wrist for this guy for me it Um, was more of a side eye because mm. in the grand scheme of things He's brought a lot of attention his way. And, you know, there are many brands that are willing to do business with him. Good or bad publicity, they don't care as long as you have on their product. Um, But what I want to say is that this young man needs to wake up and realize that you're no longer in Invincible. You're no longer, you know, living your life in secret. Okay, mm-hmm. or have all the privacy that you want. No, that those days are done. You're in the spotlight now. People are watching you. People are taking pictures of you. People want to sabotage you, and you need to be smarter than this. The first time, you know, okay, is a mistake. You don't know better. Maybe you're not used to having this type of infamy and 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 so on. And so I could understand. The second time you're just being stupid now. You're you're mm-hmm. trying to lose the bag. Like I, you you know are supposed to be the new prodigy in, in basketball. I'm hearing so many great things about you, but it's all being tainted by your actions. And I did want to bring up a point though because there gun culture is big in the states. Unfortunately, You know, um, we see no matter how many schools get shot up, they still have these gun laws they're not worried about. Nothing is changing in terms of the gun laws. And so, unfortunately, there are a group of people that he is still appealing to while showing his gun. So I'm I'm not approving of it. I'm just stating facts. And the facts are that the U.S., they like to bear arms. And there's a lot of people that are very much into the gun culture and and are A-OK with what he did. However, the brand that he's trying to portray and the brand of the actual team and the people that are paying him, it's not, it's not going to work. And so I hope that he realizes now, because I think if you have another episode like this, you're on your way out because you're more of a liability to them. And yes, I know... 
they want to make their money off of you. Totally understand it. I totally get it. However, if you are going to do more damage than good, they might cut you loose. So, you know, you should think about your what you're doing. You're a young man. You have your life ahead of you. You have a career ahead of you, you know, and don't let trying to floss or trying to pretend to be something that you are not, you know, um, shade or, or, or block your vision of what you want for your life. You worked hard to get to this point. It's less than I think 2% of, uh, of actual people in his position, um, would have gotten this far. So don't blow it. Don't blow it. But there's a lot of people who um, I've seen over the course of this all happening, like Shaq, for instance, they're just like, ah, he like, you're a dummy. You're just a dummy, you know, and that lack of respect, you know, also makes it harder for you to do your job. So, you know, just stop the nonsense. You know, if you want to really hold a gun that much, then go to a shooting range Make it look legit, not in somebody's car while they're videotaping you. Like, it looks so sketchy and scandalous. But anyhow. Yeah. So, in the grand scheme of things, this is not a lot of money for him. It's not. It's just yeah, not. It works out to about seven. Well, it works out to be 7.5 million. Um, and I was just looking for this year. I think they said 34 million is his salary for this year for that's and that's just to play he has endorsements nike has come out and said they support him so really i mean obviously he'll be okay but it's more the better the more more important thing is that he learns and sees that he literally almost lost everything and he would have that would have been a a disaster for somebody like him so hoping that he learns and uh we'll see what happens there we'll see what happens there okay so moving on to kimura Russell Simmons and Kamora Lee and their ch- and their daughters had a whole thing around Father's Day, and it was really ugly, and you hate to see it. Uh, I think both Kamora Lee, his ex-wife, and Russell Simmons have been controversial in the media. Obviously, the, we know. From the time that Russell was dating the 16, 17-year-old Kamora, yeah, they have been drunk. Well, he groomed, mm-hmm. a, yeah, he groomed a 17-year-old when he was 35. So Disgusting. that alone, outside of the sexual assault allegations that he ran away from, and which is yep. why he's now based in Bali. And it won't come um, back. Mm-hmm. And he he's waiting out the statutes of limitations for the accusations against him. Obviously, very questionable character, allegedly. Based on what I've seen, I don't know. So anyway, this all started when his oldest daughter, Ming Li, posted uh, just something a happy father's day to her mother and obviously that is you know you know some sometimes back in the day you'd see people who have a single mother Mm -hmm. and they would do that i don't know if i agree with that but i'm not gonna talk about that Mm -hmm. but everybody knows publicly this is a family that was even up until after the divorce he was very close with his daughters it looked like appearances and active and active, that's at least in the appearances of social media, that's what it looked like, right? Yeah. So for him to say that, for her, sorry, to say, Ming Lee to say that, obviously obviously that is a, something ain't right, and something ain't clean in the milk, as they say. Right. right? So 
Um, when she did that, she 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 started it, but she was quiet. Then the mother came on, Kimora Lee came on Instagram, and she didn't mention Russell by name, but, but this person, he was known as this person. I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she mentioned that some things where obviously, you know, he essentially is low on funds or is complaining about money. She mm-hmm. and her current husband, who is some successful person, have been helping him with his businesses and his financial situation, maybe out mm-hmm. of guilt, maybe out of uh, obligation. I don't know, but supposedly her and her husband have loaned him money. And then third, that he has stopped giving the girls money a long time ago. Like, so, you know, giving yeah, her, them a lot. Grown. They're big. No, they're big, University. I mean, like, well, they're in university. And again, right. that's a whole, like, obviously there's a point of view there. But let's just say, if you're a supposedly a millionaire and you're trying to pretend like everything's honky-dory and, you're, and your daughters are in the university, there's nothing wrong. And she, he wasn't giving them a lot of money. It was like $500 a month. That's something I was getting as somebody who doesn't have a rich parent, like, and yeah. didn't have a job. Like that's and that's that that was struggle money for me, right? And so somebody who's coming from wealth, regardless of anything, they are coming from wealth between both parents. Um, five hundred. You're just sending your kids five hundred dollars. That's embarrassing. I'm yeah, sorry. but I'm Somebody, hearing that he's broke though. So I'm yeah, hearing so, that he's broke. So yeah, so yeah, I'm going to get there. So he obviously, if you're only giving your daughters who are in school. $500 a month, that is an indication of brokenness to me. For somebody of his stature, a regular person who's working hard, to sh- that's even, a, that's generous. That's a generous gift. That's amazing if you can afford to even fund your child's education on top of funding their living, something, you know, their living situation. That's a generous. Somebody of his stature, he should be able to dash, you know, more than quadruple that. But anyway, um, so Kimura was saying, hinting at that, she stopped and she went, whatever. Obviously, it's fine for her to make up for that difference. The weird thing that she mentioned is that he does pose, he sends flowers and gifts to himself to make it look like him or his daughters are sending the gifts. And so he'll send flowers to himself. And then somehow one of his assistants got back to Kimura and said, do you know he sends flowers to himself? And then he'll post it saying it's from you. And I was like, that is a weird flex if I've ever heard one. That is so weird because it's okay if you guys have a falling out. It seems like they were doing good co-parenting until he really hit rock bottom with the funds. Um, well, and- a part of that, mm-hmm. a part of that was they were in uh, Kamora and um, Russell were in a lawsuit in which he lost. Yes. Yes, yes, and he had to pay her a hundred thousand dollars. So that was probably the hundred thousand he planned on living on in Bali. Hundred thousand, or has to be more than that. Well, I mean, a hundred thousand goes a far way in Bali. Goes a farther way in Bali than it does up here in Hollywood. So it does, but hundred. Sorry, a hundred thousand. A hundred thousand. And that covered her court costs. So yeah, that's not a lot of money. She that. wasn't trying to be malicious. She mm. she won. She, she won. Owed, she was owed the money, yeah. And she was owed the money. And the judge deemed that there was no fault of her own. Mm. And yeah, he ended up having to pay it. And ever since then, he's been salty. And he's been using the girls 
Mm -hmm. um, as a way to get at his ex-wife. And, you know, I'm glad that they can co-parent and everything, but seeing that they're ex-husband and wife, this has gotten really, like, messy. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, her children. And I, you know what? I'm going to say this. I, I'm, there might be a lot of people who don't like what I have to say about this, but I think Kamora Lee is kind of messy too. She and is. I That's, think, yeah. and, and she she has taught her daughters well how to start drama, um, and hide her hands because Kamora Lee, you were on there pretty much insinuating the man is gay. Okay, you were also insinuating that he's he's losing it slowly, like dementia or whatever else. Um, I'm not excusing any of his behavior because it's just wrong the way he's treating his children. They're his children. And up until that point where he lost the case, he was an active dad. He was involved with their life. They had good relationships. And I feel like um, Aoki, which is the oldest of the two no that's the younger one that looks like him right oh sorry Hmm. my bad i always get their age mixed up but so the younger sister is just breaking down and Hmm. i totally understand why and my heart bleeds for her but i do find it hard to have a lot of empathy only because i feel like this is rich people problems and it needs (laughs) to stay off of the damn internet yeah. If you have a problem with your father, then come off of the damn internet and go and call him. Not only that, but you're recording him, you know? And well, don't call him. Call the police. Go to the police. Get a lawyer. That's what like, I'm trying to say. Like, if, if it's not going the way you wanted to go, I just, I don't know how this helped. And yeah. the older sister, um, I forgot her name. Ming Lee. Right, Ming Lee. She's the one that started the whole drama. And one thing about people that do things like her, she started the drama and backed out gracefully and let everybody else take the fight. And well, he's a, he, well, the thing is it escalated because I feel like obviously there's been something going on in the back end and there's tension that we didn't know until all of this bro- broke out, right? And um, so whatever, she did, she did something that should maybe probably knew would probably hurt her dad. And in response, he posted two posts on his page um, saying there are memes or whatever, um, or messages. He didn't, he just, there are photos from another person's page, but um, he's like saying, both basically saying, oh, blaming Kamara. Essentially the message, the underlying message in those posts that he put was that, Oh, blame the, it's the mother's fault that um, you know, the children don't respect their dad or their distance from their dad or whatever. Well, and this is like they need typical, to take their family business off the internet. Re- yes, regardless, that's the thing. But what I think is ugly is that, um, at the end of the day, yes, there is an element of spoiled rich children. We've seen it with Master P mm-hmm. and Romeo, but I think the main thing is at the end of the day, they're like 24. I don't know, they're in they finish university, so in their mm-hmm. the mid 20s range of life, right? They're just they're not kids, I agree. But they, sh- but their father should have more sense because he's called like the videos they showed of him ranting and raving, he does look in- unhinged. Um, yes, and, and, and people that mm-hmm. like, even if he he's rightfully angry about all this stuff going public and his his private affairs, 
at being exposed, you're you're giving them receipts and ammo to expose you. And I am in no way um, on Russell Simmons' side. I actually, I hate to say, do think he's capable of what he was accused of doing. In the, yeah, in the his 90s. karma is definitely coming back for him. But it's more the idea that these young, particularly the younger daughter, um, is on here like having a meltdown because of this. It's hard. Why don't you compose yourself? I'm not telling anybody what to do, but when you come on that way, that means there's a lot of emotion and not a lot of rational going on in, in this like uh, um, outlash against your father you know and you know what and and you know what that's family dynamics sometimes you're gonna have a you know a big messy fight that you need to work through however does it need to be on the internet does it need to be everybody else's business is this something that could have remained within the family and from my perspective yeah and so that's why i i am finding it hard to have empathy to see yeah. her break down like that to just her being a young, you know, woman who's trying to make strides in her life yeah. and do well. She's a very intelligent young lady. And so to see her break down like that on the internet broke my heart. However, that was a choice. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's a choice. Like when I'm breaking down like that, I don't, oh, let me jump on live. Like, you yeah, know, it's a generational thing. It is a generational thing, but it's also, I feel, it actually it makes it more it makes it messier because of the people who are involved. If it was Joe Schmo on the side over here with his family, nobody would give two shit. Nobody would okay? care. Yeah. However, th- these are public figures, and Russell Simmons is a big, you know, he's a big name in hip hop, and you know he has a lot of strings that he's pulling and and one yes, thing about his accusations mm-hmm. i believe them 110% anybody who would flee to another country to wait yeah. out uh the the statutory of limitations on that mm-hmm. particular crime um yeah you rub me as guilty and so therefore when i see you breaking down the way you are and c- carrying on i didn't hear the words but i could tell you were angry um mm. and and at the wrong it's directed at the wrong person i i, I just exactly think i think the direction is wrong like you you know obviously he's frustrated because he's coming from a place where he had a lot of wealth, and obviously in the recent years, a lot of that has most likely dwindled away due his, to his legal situation and him running away from America. Um, and so that would manifest in a toxic way, especially for anybody, more, more and even worse case, for a man who, who's used to living, having a lot of power and wealth. Um, so that's, I think is manifesting in this weird behavior from him. Anyway, we'll see more. That's sad that, uh, their father's day, mm-hmm. um, I disintegrated wanted to say it to mm-hmm. Aoki, Aoki. Yeah. Um, not even so much Ming because mm-hmm. I feel like she threw out, she threw out the flames and then ran away. Um, I think you need help, darling. And if nobody has ever, ever told you. You need help. You need someone to talk to. I'm not saying that you have, you know, a mental illness. I just think that you need someone to help you 
uh, deal with this family deal drama. with this and you know kind of put it in a compartment that you can deal with outside of the rest of your life because I feel like you're such a young intelligent girl you have so much life to live in, in ahead of you to be worried about your parents like this like you know yeah I, I really do feel poorly for her um but yeah rich people problems anyways yeah, moving on much. Mm-hmm. Another rich people problem. Here we go. Here we go, people. <laughs> so hey. we're looking at uh, the story of the week, which is probably going to be the story of the month. Yeah, it's about this um sub submersive, aka submarine, aka Tonka toy, aka Tonka toy. I'm up with down there. Tonka toy being lost and eventually being destroyed um by this nature mother nature um with a five i believe it's um five people um in the craft in the submersive and it's so weird because i was getting ready for work and i i listened to the news on an app on my phone and they're saying oh submersive news updated news on submersives caught looking for titanic something something i was like what everything didn't make sense so it was like i was here everything i heard i was like there's five people that went on a submersive which i'm right? assuming is a submarine to look at the titanic of all things by themselves right. and the and the uh, some and the submarine was not even certified to go that depth because of the ocean. it was a tanka toy. It was a little tanka toy that want to go to, to and thirteen day, toes and f- like. Listen, please, with these people, please. As the day went on, every new thing it was like sounding worse and worse for them. And then the main headline the morning I heard of it is to say they had about forty hours of oxygen left. So that was the headline when I first heard the story. And then as a day or two, the day went by and I saw people, illustrations of how far down they would have to travel in that right? contraption, as far as I'm concerned, to go get to the destination of seeing the ruins of the Titanic. It was over, they were saying it's about 13,000 feet deep into the ocean. Like to the point where it's so cold, there's not even any living things. There's not even algae in that part of the ocean. That's how far deep they went in this this thing that's about 200 feet um, in size. And so, like he said, there's five people on board. There was a British adventurer, Hamish Harding, a French veteran explorer, Paul Henry Nagolet, who's probably, I don't know if he was hosting the tour, a British Pakistani businessman, Shazada Dawood, and his 19-year-old son, who was the youngest person on board, Suleiman, and 61-year-old American uh, stock in Rush, who was a co-founder of Ocean Gate, the company that operated this machine. So he was the Stockton Rush is probably the one leading the excursion. But what was interesting to me is that they said there is only seven or eight submarines that are certified to go to that depth of the ocean. And you know what was even scarier to her to learn? That the Ocean Gate Titan that these people are on was not certified to go that level. Yeah. Yeah. And um Oh, so, and let's just not forget that each ticket to go was two hundred and fifty 
thousand dollars. They paid two hundred fifty thousand to go on okay. this tour. That's an, a very important point as we we talk about this because you know there was a lot of jokes being made. There was the internet was not feeling sorry for them, and some no. people were like, da, 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 da. but how? And and all honestly, um, you know, a life going is always bad and sad. But I mean, it, we really have to think about this here. Like, really, if you write it on paper, it's absolutely ludicrous. You mean to tell me a lot of these people, most likely billionaires, there's at least one billionaire or multimillionaires, they paid this much money to go on a, a, a submarine of that size. It didn't look very big. It was right? to me. A Tonka toy. Yes. With, with a third party remote game controller to navigate it. There was no type of control or connection to above ground to monitor where they were, which I think is crazy to me of going on any any going on any um um vessel (laughs) going on any vessel for an excursion that like dangerous and not have a tracker because the thing is like these people are missing to me and like how are they just missing like you how is in 2023 they weren't they didn't even get far like the the ship imploded after about an hour and a half of them being down there. So I don't that, understand that, how you can't how you can't find this I don't know submersive or submersive or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you couldn't find it. It was it wouldn't have gotten that far where you couldn't yeah. have found it. That whatever um uh you know whatever scanning they could have done from the le- from the top of mm-hmm. the ocean, like from the outside of the ocean, they could have been able to find them. Um, there's a few things I have to say about this. First, you know, money is something if you don't use it wisely. Yeah. Now, I can understand explorers because I am I have that at, at heart. Like, I like to explore. I like to do different things and try different places mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I'm not spending $250,000 to go down 13,000 feet if I don't have a military grade submarine. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so we are going to no place. Well, I I'm need military that. grade, stamped mm-hmm. and approved. Mm-hmm. I need to be certified from the military defense team. Okay, yeah. we're not going no place. For two hundred and the guy that had his son, that was five hundred thousand. He went down there with, and you're mm-hmm. telling me we we can't find a tracker. We, we, we this is not certified. Like this is a really poor investment, even if it's an investment of time to to explore the world. Um, let's put in perspective the ocean, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's just put in perspective. Only five percent of the ocean has actually been discovered. I want us to put that in perspective here. So you're going down not knowing what the hell is down there. You don't know what's down there. You think you've seen darkness? No, that's a different type of darkness. Like you said, when we were talking about it briefly, light don't touch down that cell. Light don't touch down that cell. So what is down there? There's lots of cultural, you know, um, ideas of what is in the water. You know, I know as a young kid, my mom always told me, like, when we went to Jamaica, for instance, no, but I go into the deep, deep water. No, 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 stay on the shore. Mm. 
There's always in different cultures, different ideas of what's down in this, into this ocean. We have no idea. Okay. And for you to go put out that much money to go down and see the Titanic, it's not even like you're discovering anything new. You're just, you're going down to see something that was destroyed. How many hundreds of years, not hundreds, but donkey years ago for what go look up the documentary like the rest of us brethren first and second what i find really you know puzzling about this situation and i'm starting to lean to a conspiracy theory here yeah is that how are these intelligent men okay these are highly intelligent men who are capable of being billionaires gonna go on this little doohickey that can't be traced like i just don't understand that concept i don't see someone of that stature being so reckless but i guess so and here's what my real problem is my number three with this thing is how the media spun this okay the media the government they had this on clockwise like the whole time it was on okay uh, they're counting down how much air they have they're send they spent 6.5 million dollars to have people go and try to find these people in these five people five people they spent 6.5 million dollars of the 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 taxes of the uh u.s citizens to go and fund an exploration to go find these damn people who signed up for themselves so again this rich people problems like honestly i have a hard time when i see 300 palestinians okay off the coast of greece died Where's the media coverage? Where's the outrage? Where's the around the clock? Like, I, I find it so hard to feel any sort of way for these people. Now, here's what. So no one thinks that I'm just a really nasty heifer out here. Okay. Life leaving is never easy. It's never okay. I'm sad that they lost their life. Okay. But I find it easier to have empathy for people like the Palestinians who off of the coast of Greece were trying to yes. run from their country from being slaves, okay? Mm. And tried to find refuge in another country. They were trying their best to get out of a really bad situation. I find it easier to have empathy for them. But this, the media doesn't. These people on this submarine were dead from Sunday last week. They dead. They an hour and a half into their journey, the the it it imploded. Yeah. So they had no air. They had no oxygen. They died. They died instantly. Okay. So, but look at the media coverage behind it. There's three hundred people, and you don't hear nothing about this. Now I understand these are, you know, billionaires or whatever the case might be. But there's still a person and it's still a life being lost. So I find it very difficult to have a lot of empathy in this situation again. And to find out that one of those passengers, the young man, the 19-year-old, didn't even want to go. He was scared. He didn't want to go. Something was telling him. God was telling him, listen, sir, you're not, don't go on the Tonka toy to go down in the depths of the ocean, please. You don't know what's down there. No matter with it. 
You don't need yeah, to know. Yeah, because what 19-year-old cares about the Titanic? Thank like, you. And supposedly... Watch it was the movie a, and get it. It's supposed <laughs> to be a bonding moment between son and father for Father's Day. Okay. And I, and I just find it so ironic how that ended up turning out. Um, to be quite honest, I feel poorly for the families of these people. Yeah, yeah. That's who I really feel sorry for because they had, this was like torture. They had to watch a countdown of when. Yeah, that was pretty gruesome. That, that, that that's kind of demonic when you think about what they were actually doing. They're counting down the life of somebody. So, you know, I had a real hard time with this one. Um, but I will say, you know, RIP to all the lives that were lost on that uh, doohickey. And um, let this be a cautionary tale. If ever you want to explore the depths of the ocean, please be prepared. You don't know what the hell's down there. Please don't go into a doohickey. If you're going to spend $250,000, can you at least... Make sure it's a military-grade submarine, please. I don't think it can be explored. I don't think you can go down there without there, you know, kind of being turbulence or some issue of some kind. We don't know what's down there. And furthermore, can the Titanic just be where it is? Why is everybody so fascinated with this Titanic? I, I, I know there's a lot of political business that goes around the Titanic. I get it. There's a lot of conspiracies about the Titanic. I get it. However, it's down there, and it's been down there for donkey-ass years. There ain't nothing that you're going to get to see. It's in the depths of the darkest parts of the ocean. What do you think you're going to see? I don't know, but whatever. Hey, hey. Those people, the family of those people, um, my heart goes out to you. I hope you can get through this moment. Um, I know that you'll be fine financially. Um, for the people, you know, who are less fortunate, like the 300 in, in Greece, you know, this is a water month. The sign of water is right now. And so we got to pay attention to these stories and don't let them just go to waste. You know, we have to learn something from this. I, I, I really find it hard why these billionaires would even think that that would be okay. I don't know. I don't know. There's something fishy, something, you know, is, is in the buttermilk. I don't know. Something ain't right. But um, let's move on into the music news then. Yeah, so just a quick shout out. I recently learned by listening to old grouchy Joe Budden that there has not Ugh. been a number one hip-hop record for this Very year. Very long time. Mm -hmm. For this year. And this is supposedly the 50th anniversary of hip-hop this year. It is. It mm. is the 50th anniversary of hip-hop this year. And that was that's crazy because hip hop has had a crazy run since it became it came mainstream, mm -mm. and uh, so that was interesting. And then he, um, so Killer Mike, who's an Atlanta um, hip hop artist, who he's been around. The thing with Killer Mike is he to me, I will see for like I won't know a whole Killer Mike album. He actually does have uh, a partnership with this white guy. I'm sorry, I can't remember that his name. 
but they called Run the Jewels, and I've heard those albums, and they're really good. I think you would like them too, Kim. Yeah. Because they're like very. I like Killer like, Mike. Killer Mike has yeah. some good songs. He's like very involved in the community. Like even if I can't say like a name, uh, well now I can now name a Killer Mike album, which is called Michael. And uh, so he was doing a press run, and he was on the Breakfast Club, and he was talking about a lot of things, and obviously promoting the album. So the way he was talking about the album, the way everybody, I was like, you know, sometimes when you do these press runs, everybody's gonna big you up. But I said, you know what? It's Killer Mike, and Killer Mike actually does do quality music when it comes to actual content, right? Yeah. And so I listened to Michael and I've seen actually a few videos come out. He's done a really smart rollout, very creative. Um where he's he had a he had a video with Dave Chappelle for the song Run. He he's and when I kind of looked him up, I was like, oh there's two more other videos he did. So he's doing a really professional layout for this album. Oh that's nice. Called Michael and it's actually really beautiful because he talks about the death of his mother and his grandmother. And just trying to like evolve and mature as a husband and as a father. As you know, it's strict strictly speaking, it's grown it's grown folks hip hop. It's grown mm-hmm. man hip hop. It's but you know what? Even though sometimes people are like, oh, that's corny, da da da. But I say in the production, like the one thing about him is he's always gonna have a nice flow, and the content mm-hmm. is gonna be quality content. But what I think what he did the collabs and the actual production, ooh, A1. right. And so I haven't had a, t- a chance to really sit down and uh, I've kind of been listening to it on mute, but it's mm-hmm. like, I keep on, you know, when I, the first, the first four songs are so good, I keep on going back. So I haven't actually given the album a full listen. Mm. How many of your listeners should tell you, I don't need to give it a full listen. I can tell you from what I heard and what I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's worth, uh, it's worth a listen and check out the videos. Very like, I literally cried for his video that oh, he wow. had, um, the video that he has with uh, Aaron Allen Kane is a vocalist, but it's called Motherless. Watch that video while you listen Motherless. to the song. It's, um, yeah, I was literally, because sometimes one of those things, like back in the day, you know, you think, well, what if my mom wasn't here? And that alone, you'd be like, Lord God, I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's natural, it's a part of life. But, yes, you true. know, when you hear about people, we're lucky. We're lucky that we still have our mothers because a lot of yes. people. Yes, we are. We have them, and it's uh, it was a reminder of that. Even when he was yes. talking about it on the Breakfast Club, even that the interview he did with the Breakfast Club was also really, really good as well. He sold me on the album on that. That's all I have to say. Okay. But anyway, so I he's the intro. Here's some of the collabs. Here are the highlights. He has a intro with CeeLo Green. He has uh, a song called "Run" with Young Thug, and uh, they don't have it in the credits, but I know Dave Chappelle is on the intro of that. Okay. And he has, here's a big one, everybody. He has a track with Andre 3000. It's really what? Good Andre 3000 making music again? What the and hell is going on? Future, we know Future is a fuckboy, but this is. Yeah, this, he this is. This seems to be the song. It's Scientists and Engineers. And it's uh, Andre 3000, again, Aaron Allen Kane and Future. Aaron Allen Kane, I actually have to call her out. Um,. I've heard, I actually have a song on one of my playlists with her. I don't know, it's like one of those people, you hear a song, I don't know who they are, I've never seen them, but damn, this is a good song. So I've known the name because I have her on one of my playlists, my R&B playlists that I listen to all the time. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy that he featured, she's featured on at least three of his songs on this album, Um, as well as a song with Blast. And then he has a song with Fabo, Fabo, I'm assuming, is that Fabulous? No, I think it was Fabulous and say Fabulous, so that's not. And a tie dollar sign, sign and tie dollar sign. Sorry, tie dollar sign is um, 
a billboard darling when it comes to making hits. Um, so yeah, I, 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 this is me only listening to about 30 or 40% of the album, but I can, I, from what I've heard, I was so impressed. It's like, damn, no, this is a music news. You guys check this shit out. It's like, he's bringing, mm-hmm. he's bringing life back, breathing life back into hip hop because right now it's in a, it's a weird place. A funk. It's in, it's a, in funk. a funk. So yeah, that's it. definitely it. is. So okay. I will give it a listen because I do love me some hip hop and, you know, Killer Mike, even from back in the day, he's always been tight with his rhymes and stuff like that. So yes. I will definitely give him a listen. Um, but for now, we're going to move on into the workouts. Workout. Yes, the workout. This is where, you know, we work out our hearts and exercise our mental fitness by doing deep dive discussions on issues that are affecting us in our communities or in life. And so one topic that we wanted to discuss was why is a sense of community so important? Now let's define the word community quickly. So within our black community, um, there are certain things that we do that we're a part of the music, the food that comprises our community on a whole. And You know, it's very important at times to feel like you have that community there for you. Um, Now, one example of how much it was important to us was living in Windsor, Ontario. Now, Windsor, Ontario is a place where there, um, there wasn't a whole lot of that Black community present. Mm. However... When you go to the university, I would say at least 60 to 70% of the students are from Toronto and surrounding areas, Brampton, Mississauga, Markham, Scarborough, all of that. And, you know, us kids, we go down there with bright eyed, with the world that we want to see and learn as much as we can. But it was a bit of a culture shock. Because it's not what we're used to. We're mm-hmm. coming from a big city where community is everywhere we turn. You know, you can go and get yourself a patty at just about anywhere. Okay? Um, having a sense of community while away at school was important to us to keep us grounded and to keep us sane at times. Um, have somewhere that you know you're going to hear your music and you can eat your food, you know, and the people around you understand you and you understand them. Now, living in Windsor, there was a community, but I felt, because I had it from both two different perspectives, that there was a community heavily in the university because a lot of, like I said, a lot of the students came from out of town, four hours away So where we're located right now and where Windsor is, is approximately four hours away. And so, you know, it's a smaller city, very small, almost town-like. Four hours away on the border of Detroit and Canada. That's correct. Right, America and Canada. Yes, and we had both a tunnel and a bridge that we could connect over to the states. Now, the state's influence was heavy in Mm. Windsor. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, the influence and the communities that were built in the States were very much influenced in Windsor, Ontario. 
Um, but there, for me, was two separate communities. There was the community that was from the school that was mostly, you know, located from, you know, relocated to the school from Toronto and surrounding areas. And then there were the actual people that lived, born and raised in Windsor. And that community was different. You didn't, their community was more geared towards the American experience versus you know, being in a community at the school of, you know, University of Windsor, the black students, we all kind of came together. And so we could hear our music and, you know, talk our lingo and uh, be around people that were familiar with us and how we lived, because it was very different in Windsor. It's a smaller scale. Um, At that time, I'll give an example. If you went to a club in Toronto at that time, you couldn't wear jeans to the club. You couldn't have on a cap backwards. You couldn't do any of that. The ladies had to dress in pants and, you know, and things like that. Then we came over here to Windsor and you could literally see people in the club in their pajamas. Literally. (laughs) literally see it. So that's where the culture shock came about. And so we kind of clung to the community that, uh, was developed through the school. Um, I felt like it was really important because I'm always looking for that one black person in the room. I'm sorry. Mm. I don't care what nobody wants to tell me. I want to see that I'm not the only one. Okay. I want to feel like I have an outlet that I can utilize. I want to know that the people around me in my community understand me and and what makes me who I am. And a part of it is what we eat, how we dress, how we do our hair, our individuality, you know, the music that we listen to, calypso and reggae and hip hop and you know, um yeah, so it was very important to me. It kept me grounded. It kept me um it was a lot of fun. We had a good old funky time. Um we did come out of there with degrees, which was good because the community also helped us. The people in it helped us to also focus and helped us to study and helped us to get through those harder moments. So, um that's just my take on, you know, the community that was developed in Windsor, the actual Windsorites, I guess I would call them, their community was highly influenced on the state. So I found it hard to connect to that community. I really did. Um, mm-hmm. I could understand it. You know, yeah, we see the rappers on TV. Yeah, we see, you know, their slang and how they dress and what they eat and all of that. We get it. However, you're not in the States, you're in Canada. So it find it very hard to connect to that community because that community is connecting to something that's not really them. But anywho, as I digress, what was your experience? Now, did you think, why do you think that community is important, Jeanette? Why do you think, with our example um, with of that living example, in Windsor? Yeah, mm-hmm. with that example of living in Windsor, where really I learned by the time I finish my time there where I was like, when I reflect on what made, how was I, hmm, how was, what made that 
fun or what made that bearable? Because the first time I moved there, it was like a, sh- a shock for me. It was a shock for me, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it was important because our little group of people from the GTA, yeah, um, we got a chance to just through that sense of being, okay, we're all people who, who picked up and left our homes four hours away to come to this school in this very uh, small town that didn't feel anything like Toronto. And so by meeting some people from the GTA, the greater Toronto area, I had people that I could like lean on and you could share stories and learn from each other. And like we celebrate, celebrate each other where when we'd have, you know, local DJs come from Toronto to come there, we celebrate our culture in Windsor because being in Windsor meant there was a huge dichotomy between um, I don't want to say this, but I have to say it. Like Windsor was in a small town, which surrounded by a lot of agricultural communities. So yes. Kim said something about a lot of students from the GTA, but I would say a majority of the students are probably from international and from that surrounding area. So we were definitely a minority. I would have to say that, um, in my opinion. And so it was interesting and great to see when we'd have entertainers that come from Toronto that would cater to us in a bar. Yeah. Like when mm-hmm. we're at a bar and we get to hear our music versus hearing nothing wrong with it, but honky tonk and, and, and classic rock, eighties rock. And then the dichotomy, if you want the air quotes, black music for them was a sound that we were not familiar with. And it's a Detroit hip hop, which is very distinct and very, Yep, very, very distinct. Yeah, It's not even anything that you hear on the radio, to be honest. It was a very distinct style of hip-hop that I just didn't get. Yeah, Um, me too. But it was interesting to learn. It was definitely interesting to learn about it. And so the community... um, What was the question you asked me again? Sorry. So I was asking you why do you think that it was important... Oh, to yes, have yes, said yes. community okay, while yes. there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. That's where I was going with this. So just setting up, setting the scene. So that's the situation. Mm-hmm. So why it was so important to come and meet people that not only were from Toronto or the greater Toronto area, but like from Scarborough in particular, which is where we grew up and went to yep, school. Yeah. Um, we, at the end of the day, like we naturally, as we met new people, we gravitated and like we said, we helped each other. We learn from each other. We, we grieve together when some things were messed up and not having our families and maybe some of our friends that we left back at home. It was so helpful. Like even when I first came, I, I was, you know, I will be honest and say that I had a very sheltered life and I came there a year after my sister had died. So leaving my family was very, very, I I needed to do it, but it was also very hard. So the first right. week there, I was like so depressed. And a lot of people, you know, my roommate was, you know, my friend that I know from school and she had let people know that. And a lot of people rallied around me to make me feel welcome. And, and like all of that, like that helped me a lot, at least yeah. get acclimated that first shock yeah. of leaving my home. Forget that I'm here in this dorm, but I left my family in a very, you know, it was a crazy time. Yeah. Yeah. So it helped to have meet these people. And we had our small little family, like, if rent wasn't good or say, you know, there is issues sometimes where somebody had a roommate and the situation was so unbearable, somebody could come over to our place yeah, and, and stay there for a night and get a breather. 
or vice versa. Thank God I never had to leave my place because you know I love my home. But like yeah. I've seen it, mm-hmm. so I I know uh, me I, being, I was community. Me, I know you did. It. Yeah, I know you did. So I and I know that I was that for other people, and other people were there for me in other ways. Yeah, um, yeah. And and again, being away from your family that is so important, so important. And where do you get it from? Church. Yep. Where do you get it from a sports team or like if you're on a, a club, some type of club? Yeah. People listening, if you're ever, even if everything's good and you feel like life is amazing and things are happy, there's going to be a time. Life is mm-hmm. not always like that. There's going to be a time when you need outside community, outside of what your home life is. So, you know, for many people in our Well, that Black leads into the next question that I had, mm-hmm. which was, were there other places or times where you felt surrounded by your community? And yeah, very much so. Uh, Windsor, leaving home and going away to Windsor mm. was, I think, the busy- biggest example of that yes. for me. Um, yeah. However, uh, the church, definitely, it, it gives me a sense of community. I feel involved and a part of something that's bigger than just day-to-day life. Yeah. Um, and that being able to help in whatever way, shape, or form that I can, um, church does give me that. It does. Yeah. You know? When there's, um, when there's celebrate, they help you celebrate your joys. And yeah. if you come on hard times, they there. Su- <laughs> excuse me. Sorry, I had a little sneeze there. And they support you in those dark times or troubled times. So always, yeah, church is a good one. But I wanted to share something fun. Mm-hmm. So we talked about being support for friends when, you know, your your living situation. You know, we're in school. We had roommates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kim was lucky enough not to have a roommate in her last year, but I think yeah, she's Damn been right. Through, I was finished with the roommate thing. She you was, see me? She's been through enough to, 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 to know. I done with it. People want to show up in my boots. Not been done. So, um, uh, one time, well, before she was on her own, she was living in a, a home and we were all, a few of us were there, still stayed over to do some spring, some extra courses over the, the, in, yeah. you know, summer, summer, a break. And I think I remember you, you, you and your, it was only you and one other roommate and your house got broken into. I know there's yeah. a bigger story there, but let's focus on the fact that your house got broken into. Yeah, there was a lot to that, but yeah. I think I was there, and I think one of my other roommates were there. I can't remember which one of them, but one of my other roommates were there. And so I was across the street. I was like, oh, no. And I don't know why. After the police came, I stayed over. You guys were scared, and I stayed over there. And to this day, I'm like, why the hell did you both did? And I was like, that's real ride or dies right there. No, but after the, after is like, and when I think about the story, I'm like, why the hell did we stay there? They should have came over to our house. We should have went to, yeah. But you know what? We had to stay there because in case anybody came, we, we had to face the fear. Yeah, true. That's true. You need to be comfortable in your home again. Yeah, that's you true. have to face that's the true. fear. Unfortunately, that was the second time that ever in my life that ever happened. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was a real sense of community. That yeah. was a real and, sense of like, okay, we're not out here, you know, by ourselves. Like we have people that care enough, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And yeah, when th- when that went down, I was like, yeah, it's it was nice to know that we had somebody that we could at least call. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 
even if you didn't come over and stay over that day, that night, right, that you were at least there to talk to and, and yes, walk yeah. through it, you know, with mm-hmm. us. But yeah, that was hard. That was hard because we're already away from everything that we know to be comfortable. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now staying in the city, usually most people that were there left and went home to Toronto. So there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of us that stayed behind. So to know that there was still, you know, representation of a community there for us to help us through it, you know, it was really, really a, a good time to have that, especially at that time. Um, you know, I feel like community is very important but you got to find the right one. The right one. The right you got to be a part of the right one because the wrong community might bring you down. A why path. do you say that? Is there something you're thinking about why you brought that up? Well, you know what? Because sometimes, you know, you might think that you're a part of a community that cares about you. I'll give an mm-hmm. example. A gang. Oh, yes. That's a good one. That's a good example. You might think that it's a community that cares, but not necessarily. Right. So you got to be careful with the communities that you call your community. You know, and you got to you got to be careful with that because they could be leading you down the wrong path. Wrong path. And the, the, and what I think the theme would be when you think about that example of gangs is if it's rooted in. If That's you right. connect, if, you, if, the, if they say trauma bonding, pretty much yes. is where I'm going with this. It's that you joining that is rooted in trauma or not having, or you don't have any support for your right. family or they're, you're, you're, you're pretty much neglected generally. Right. If you're yeah. joining a gang, your parent, you're in a situation where your parents can't pay a lot of attention to you exactly. generally, or you just felt like you said you fell into the wrong friend group, but like that negativity you, you join just like they say cults. Why yep. I hate this cult. There's a thin line between some of these church groups and a cult, but that's a yes, whole other episode. We've we actually talked about shows. We have. We did, we did <laughs> talk about this mm-hmm. when we talked about our religion episode. Everybody go check that out. Or uh, yes, what, what was it? Black something about black the black churches. Church. Pro- black churches. Black churches or black? Yeah, it was black church. Something like that. I can't remember black. exactly was, the name right now. It was going to church while black. I think that there was you epi- go. Going to church while black. Where well, we have to do another one of those series. But, yeah, um, yeah, catch up on that. Yeah. So that was the episode. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that why is this community coming about? Is it rooted in pain? Thank is it you. rooted in anything negative? Ask yourself and, these questions. Yeah, that's it. That's all I'm saying. And if they are, obviously it's feeding something, but that means you still need to counteract that. Um, right. Right. You know, it, it's something right. positive and, and mm-hmm. life affirming, but yeah. And, and, you know, um, I think community in general is, is when it's the right one, it can mm-hmm. really make a difference in a person's life. We need it as humans. I think, I think, it's I not think even... we do. I think it's yeah. important. And I'm going to, I know I don't like to always make it a race thing, but I am going to take it a step farther and say that having a black community, it does so much for the quality of black lives. And I say that because communities that are black, there's a variety of things that they have to offer, not just someone to call or someone to, you know, help you get through something. 
But they also pass on things from the past. They also pass on legacies. You know, like for instance, when we were in Windsor, there were many clubs that got together and put together um, what they call Sports Weekend. Mm. Sports Weekend started because a group of a group of people in different clubs said, "You know what? Let's put together, uh, you know, uh, an occasion where we can all celebrate, we can all party, we can all hear our music." And that grew, and Sports Weekend turned into something that Else. even to this day people mm-hmm. go all the from all walks of life. All over the place. Go down to the little Windsor, Ontario for. Okay? To this day. I'm talking big name brands. Like, you know, big famous people. Beanie Man. Elephant Man. We saw them perform. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, it was it was a way for them to keep a legacy going. Our communities keep legacies going. You know, and so we have to remember that when we are a part of a, an actual community that we have something to offer, to bring, to, to carry forward, you know, because mm-hmm. um, that's the only way that our communities will survive. Carry so, forward and pass down. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And all the things in between, all of the wide uh, old folks tales, all of the things that generations passed have to offer to the new generations a way to connect generations, close the gap on generations. So, you know, all in all, I feel like a community, the black community specifically is very important in my life and wherever I can be a part of it, I I do definitely try. Um, And so with that being said, I think this was an awesome uh, comeback show. Uh, mm-hmm. We met y'all, but we gotta mm-hmm. go. And so, with that mm-hmm. said, we do hope that your hearts and your minds were activated on this week's show. So, whether you lead with your heart or your mind, please stay passionate and thoughtful. We will holler back real soon. Bye. Bye bye.